Welcome to the Occult London Podcast. This is a new podcast dedicated to exploring magic, mysticism, and the Kabbalah, as well as other topics. If you like the podcast, please write a review and rate us on iTunes or whatever platform you listen to this on, as it will really help us to get this message out there. Also, be sure to visit our website at occultlondon.co.uk. Thank you. In today's episode, we'll be continuing our discussion on the different signs of the zodiac with an examination of the sign of Leo which is represented by the lion, the king of the beasts. Leo is one of the most ancient of the signs and very important when it marked the solstice during the period of 4000 to 1850 BC. Some key dates relevant to Leo. So the astronomical solar conjunction is August the 10th to September the 15th. The Rashi's sidereal, August the 17th to September the 16th and then the tropical calendar July the 23rd to August the 23rd. It's the house of the sun, it's the element of fire, and this is a sign very much focused on ambition, on authority, fame, determination. The colours, obviously it's associated with the sun, is gold, yellow, orange, saffron, and incense that would work well with Leo would be things like you know, very strong, kind of pungent, solar-type um, scents. So things, frankincense would be a good one. Benzoin, olibanum as well. The angel of uh, of Leo is Verkiel, who is an angel that kind of looks after sort of big boldness, bravery, and, you know, expansion. Leo is a constellation of stars, and it lies between Cancer and Virgo in the Zodiac. And depending on where you are on Earth, you'll see the constellations at different times of the year. So Leo can be seen in the spring in the Northern Hemisphere and fall in the Summer Hemisphere. It's got several different features. The brightest star in it is Regulus, which is one of the brightest stars in the whole sky. Also, every year in November, a stream of meteors appears for one day in the night sky that appear to come from the area of Leo, which are known as the Leonids. Although the origin of the connection with the lion symbolism can't really be ascertained 100%, um, legend suggests that it would have been during the time of Leo that rain and melting snow in the mountains of parts of Africa would have sent huge, huge volumes of water down the River Nile, which would then hit Egypt around June causing inundation and flooding of the plains around the river and it's thought that possibly during this time the lions from the desert would come out to drink from the river and so the legend was born and the hottest time of the year was associated with the lion and the sun. The connection with the sun and lions is very close to the Egyptian goddess Sekhmet as well who is a lion-headed goddess of war who was meant to have been responsible for crops failing in famine and Sekhmet was very important in ancient Egypt. Um, she was a very warlike goddess with the head of a lion. And if the crops failed, that it was believed that the goddess Sekhmet was displeased with the people of Egypt. But she also had two sides to her, much like a lion. So she's calm and royal and you know dignified in some stories and, and tales. But when she's angry, she transforms into the Eye of Ra, the sun, and becomes this extremely fierce war goddess 
breathing fire and you know really radiating out that heat of the desert and that destruction if you read some of the magical texts of the period Sekhmet is very much characterized as a warlike entity for example from the demotic magical papyrus of London it is described as Sekhmet the great one she who grasps every impious man for annihilate him utterly she is the pupil of the sun in the Ujat eye. On the subject of lions, some experts have also suggested that the Great Sphinx represents the body of Leo and the head of Virgo because the sun passed through both of these signs when the Nile was in flood. However, I'm not too sure about that, to be fair, um, because you know the image of the lion is very popular in lots of different cultures. So, for example, in Anatolian mythology, we've got um, the image of Sybil riding a chariot drawn by lions. Also, Ishtar in Babylonia is connected with lions and is often depicted as riding on a lion with an eight-pointed star above her head. Um, and it may be that it's in Babylonia that the origins of the lion skin belt in the Solomonic tradition come from. There's a nice, be- there's a really beautiful Akkadian hymn to Ishtar that mentions the lion as well. And we quote The light of heaven who blazeth like the fire art thou, O goddess Ishtar, when thou fixedest thy dwelling place in the earth, thou who art strong as the earth, thee the path of justice approaches thee. When thou enterest into the house of man, O hyena, a springs to the lamb art thou, a lion who stalks in the midst art thou. So traditionally the stories and myths around Leo, um, like much of the sort of star mythology, are connected to the story of Hercules and the Nemean lion. Basically this story goes that Hercules was the son of the king of the gods Jupiter and mortal woman Alcamina, and Jupiter's wife Juno is quite angry and jealous of Jupiter's numerous love affairs and so doesn't like Hercules and she often is is kind of trying to cause trouble in his life when Hercules is 12 he um when Hercules grows up he's told he must undertake 12 heroic uh, desperate undertakings which are known as the 12 labors of Hercules and the first labor or the first task was to go to the valley of Nemea and there kill the savage and fearless Lemean lion that was terrorising the community. And this is described by Hesiod in his Theogony as follows. The Nemean lion, whom Hera, the queenly wife of Zeus, trained up and settled among the hills of Nemea to be a plague to mankind. There he preyed upon the tribes of the indwelling people and was as a king over Tritos and Epesas and Nemea. Nevertheless, the force of strong Hercules subdued him. This lion was meant to have magical properties because its skin was meant to be not be able to be hurt by any weapons. Um, so Stein, iron, bronze bounced off his pelt. And Hercules is meant to have tried to kill the lion with arrows, but they again didn't work. They were bouncing off. Finally, Hercules wrestles the lion barehanded, and the story goes that because he was such, he had such great strength, 
he managed to get a grip around the lion's neck and strangle him to death. And in the process, the lion bites off Hercules' finger, which, you know, it's not too bad a wound, considering you're fighting a lion with your bare hands. Um, and after that, he's meant to have uh, created a pelt from the skin. And from the skin, also he made a breastplate, and from the jaw, he makes a helmet. And the armour is basically what he wears for the rest of his labours. So, it's you know, it's got these magical properties. Um, the Constellation of Leo is said to commemorate really this battle, this combat between Hercules and that beast. Other aspects that are worth mentioning with regards to Leo is that the form has changed over time with different cultures. Um, the stars of the constellation form a shape that looks a little bit like a sickle or a curved sword or a saber. Um, so in some cultures it's been known as gizmes or curved weapon. Um, also in medieval Europe, the sickle would have just risen just before dawn at the time to bring in the harvest. So again, they had this kind of connection with that as well. Um, the sign of Leo is also meant to rule over the countries of Armenia, Bithynia, Cappadocia, Macedon and Phrygia. And Leo is also the tribal sign of Judah given to him by his father, Jacob. And a quote from Genesis, Judas Judah is a lion's whelp. From the prey, my son, you've gone up. He stooped down, he couched as a lion, and as a lioness who dares rouse him up. Because of its royal connections, the lion has also been used in you know, lots of different royal images and as a sign of power, bravery, authority. And it's probably for this reason that the lion's belt is known as being very important in some of the grimoireic magical traditions as being a tool by which to command spirits. Um, and this is obviously something that, you know, you wouldn't you wouldn't try and get hold of now because it's illegal. But um, I'm just talking about this from a historical point of view. And this is something that Stephen Skinner's talked um, about as well in his book, Magical Techniques and Implements, present in Greco-Egyptian Magical Papyri. And he writes the following... This practice originally related to Sekhmet, but later it may simply have become part of the dress of the magician, designed to cower the spirits. The thinking being that any man who had mastered a lion, as he was wearing its skin, must truly be powerful. And so the belt of the lion skin would be like wearing a badge of courage. So it's likely that the lion, as a symbol of solar power, but it's also, you know, physically dominant. So... From that point of view, you can see that, you know, from a magical perspective, it would be quite powerful from that, that in terms of dominance over the world, but also this kind of solar power, which kind of, um, kind of a, a rulership over the spirits of the earth and the unseen. Before we finish, I wanted to briefly talk a bit about some of the magical aspects, as we've seen the energy and power of Leo is about the lion, it's about the sun, the sun gods. Amun-Ra, Horus, Sekhmet, it's a fiery sign. When the sun is in the sign of Leo, also we're in the middle of summer. So you know the seeds that we laboured to plant in the coldness of winter are now bearing fruit. And the long hot days are inviting us to chill out, you know, have a drink and enjoy life. This is a real kind of solar energy, the energy of lion, the lion and Leo 
can therefore be really good to sort of boost creative projects, build confidence, build your personal brand, and also kind of create you know, significant connections with your higher self. It must be remembered that the higher self in the Kabbalah sits within Tiferet. So we're looking up from Malkut through the mirror of Yesod towards Tiferet. Also, it's important, this is a fiery stein, so it's very much connected with willpower, with action, with drive, so it can be utilised in that way. And a really great, significant, uh, interesting point about the lion it's about uniting our inner world and our outer world as well, where we find balance and authority over all aspects of our kingdom. We literally become ruler, enthroned, crowned. As the great Tibetan yogi Milarepa wrote, When you run after your thoughts, you are like a dog chasing a stick. Every time a stick is thrown, you run after it. Instead, be like a lion who, rather than chasing after the stick, turns to face the thrower. One only throws a stick at a lion once. Thanks very much for joining us this week on the Occult London podcast. Hope you've enjoyed it. Please check out our website at occultlondon.co.uk. Thanks and good night. Good night.